this week's episode, it's admittedly kind of a low-energy week in comics, but there are a couple pretty neat number ones, featuring aliens, teenage hormones, and a lack of team spirit. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover B. Happy weekend, everybody. It is Saturday, and you know what that means. It is comic book time. It's time for the comic books. I mean, technically comic book time is on Wednesday when they all come out, but... Yeah, I mean, that's new comic book day, and then... But we, you have to be able to read it. Yeah, and that's comic book time. Yeah, and so that's Saturday. Right now. Right this second. Well, I mean, don't read right this second. Well, yeah, unless... Are you able to double team a task multitask double, I, double team i completely forgot what that word was <laughs> i don't always do words good okay but it's fine first on my list for this week is force works 2020 number one mm. um it is a new matthew rosenberg title um it is not what i was expecting hmm. at all it's it's an interesting team um of people that are usually like subsidiary characters. So like Quake and Maria Hill is sort of there. She's like team adjacent as she always is. Mm-hmm. Um, War Machine or no. Yes. War Machine and uh, Mockingbird and a couple other people. But it's all like very like not the usual front and center type people. Mm-hmm. And normally when you have the not front and center type people in a book, it's normally like, look at us. We're teaming together. We're doing our stuff and getting things done. And we're just as functional as the important guys like Captain America and Iron Man. That is not what this book is. This book is everyone is grumpy. No one wants to be there. No one wants to be with each other. And everyone's kind of pissed off that it's happening. Hmm. It is the most passive-aggressive book I've ever read. Like, there's, like, America Man. I don't even remember what his name is. But he's a weird, I get, like, a weird misogynist vibe from him. U.S. agent? Yes, that guy. You got War Machine being super grumpy and not wanting to be a part of this in any way, shape, or form. And I still am not entirely sure why he's there. You've got... Um, Mockingbird trying to keep things together and and make everyone be done with things, but everyone keeps being like, oh, hey, we rescued you. And she's like, actually, no, you didn't. I was just undercover. And they're like, no, yeah, we rescued you. <laughs> she's like, is this because I'm a woman? <laughs> People are falling out of planes. People can't keep things going forward. And then the end of the book ends with just failure team fails dang it it's it is the strangest what's the point of all of it because this whole like 2020 thing is like iron man related right it's like yeah it's like arno stark is trying to restructure ai stuff yeah make ai laws and and it's causing like an ai uprising and so the way this one's structured is it focuses mostly around War Machine and he's like, I don't want to do this. And then stuff goes bad in the beginning of the book because that's all this book is, is shit going wrong. And something goes bad and he's like, I really don't want to do this anymore, Maria Hill. And she's like, too bad. 
So he ends up going on a mission with Quake and U.S. agent and to go rescue a person fr- that was on the inside that has not reported back, which turns out to be Bobby. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to get intel about, like, this supposed uprising faction. But the end has nothing to do with any of that. And they just sort of get swarmed and fail. And that's hmm. kind of where it ends. I I don't know. I don't know what this book is trying to do. I don't understand. I'm cool with it. I think it's interesting. It's a very different, like, feel yeah. that I'm used to when it comes to this type of book. Like, it's much more realistic than I feel like any other comic I've read from Marvel in a really long time. Because everyone's just sort of grumpy and unpleasant and not really wanting to work together and like it it's one of those moments like it's comparative because i'm reading another one Mm -hmm. one of the other books in marvel right now that's a really weird team that's got like blade and angela and spider woman and all these like weird people on a team together and everybody's just sort of like yeah we're a team now let's go get things done and it's like fine but this one, you have people who realistically should work really well together on a team because they'll have similar backgrounds and kind of like comprehensions. Mm-hmm. And they are really not cool as a team. Like, it's just really interesting to see an author kind of take into consideration how even though these people are all superheroes, that doesn't mean they have to like like each other. Or They're get still along. People and they have differences of opinion and everything like that. Yeah, and you may just not like that guy because sometimes people just don't like each other. You don't necessarily have to have a reason. Like yeah. U.S. Agent and War Machine, they start like button heads almost instantly. Like mm-hmm. it's it's just so weird seeing everybody so aggro. I don't know. It's it's like it's very interesting to read. So I would I would recommend it just because. It's weird. <laughs> it's something I have not particularly experienced before. I didn't know. I don't know. It was weird. Hmm. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, I don't even have anything else to compare it to. Like, I, I honest to God, don't think I read a Marvel book that had this much, like, passive aggressiveness. I feel like I've read plenty. Um, I don't feel like it's that uncommon. Uh... I just honestly can't think of any right now because my brain's not really fully working. But, no, that's fair. Um, like, I feel like uh, Secret Warriors back during the Secret Empire days was kind of like that. Um, and I feel like I've read plenty of others where it's like a team. It's kind of shoehorned together and just really doesn't get along. Um I just honestly, like I said, I can't think of any right now. No, that's fair. I guess it's also entirely possible that I do tend to stick to the more like upbeat, upbeat YA chick lit type Marvel books, which is true. Like, you know, Squirrel Girl's posse. It don't matter if they don't like each other. She's going to make everybody love each other because that's what she do. So, like, it's entirely possible that I just end up not ending up in that realm of book behavior. But... This one just felt really, really aggressive. Hmm. Even in, like, when you had the, the Civil War two and you had Carol fighting with Tony and stuff. Yeah. 
it it still was like I disagree with you. I love you. I still care about you, but I disagree with you. Mm-hmm. There is none of that here. This feels like coworkers that don't want to be on a work retreat. Huh. Weird. Yeah, it's just super weird. So. Yeah. Yeah. So pick that one up. It's a weird one. Force Works 2020 number 1. It's it's different. It's definitely different. Um I really so bear with me, gang. <laughs> I'll just be honest. I was, I, you know, getting into this episode, I was like, I don't know if I even really want to do this. Because <laughs> I, so I had kind of a long day and my caffeine's not working. So I'm very tired. My brain's not here. And I don't really have a lot of jokes in me. And on top of that, this week kind of disappointed me, comics wise. Yeah. I didn't really have anything that I read that stood out to me as like, I need to tell my listeners about this. And, like, there were things that you read that I chose not to read because I just didn't really, like, maybe the art was a little off or, like, the aesthetic was a little off. No, fair. It just didn't call to me. And so I read a few things, um, I mean, predominantly Marvel stuff, and I was just like, meh. So, like, I'm going into this episode at the end of a long day on a Friday and with, like, caffeine drained from my body, having to, like, force myself to come up with something to say <laughs> and so if i seem very low energy it's because i'm i'm kind of it's it's half bitterness that nothing really super cool was released today right half disappointment in myself that i didn't get through my entire stack of comics this week because maybe i could have found like a middle issue that would have been worth bringing up um and like half that's right three halves uh half general just kind of like apathy (laughs) no that's completely fair i apologize i don't want to be apathetic for for the listeners but like sometimes weeks just aren't that great in comics so it makes our job kind of hard because we're like well we can't not have an episode right and we can't have an episode where just like one of us sits and talks about stuff but we also don't we made a pact like early on like episode 10 ish that we wouldn't force ourselves like, we, we wouldn't talk about shit just to have shit to talk about. We like wanted to have to a purpose stuff. to talk yeah, about with Yeah, like, guys. we try to find to have stuff that's worth talking about and stuff that we actually do passionately feel like people need to read. Yeah. So that we weren't just, like... Because there's plenty of, you know, comic book podcasts that just ramble off everything that came out. And, like, here's, like, an abstract of what's happening. We've got a 45-minute episode. We're going to talk about 106 comics that hit the shelf today. Oh, my God. And, you know... <laughs> Oh, Venom so-and-so came out. This one we see Eddie Brock doing this. Next, you know, and I don't I don't want to be that. So we, we made it. We were like, we're not going to, you know, talk about shit just to talk about shit and get caught in a loop where we're, like, saying the same thing over and over again. And this gonna... episode or this issue seven is just like issue six was and still talking about the same thing. Yeah, and, and yay. So we wanted to be more. <laughs> but anyway, that – you know, the, the long and the short of it is that sometimes you get stuck in a week where you're like, man, I don't know what to talk about. So I only have one thing to talk about this week. That is perfectly uh, fine. And it, it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. I don't know if it really did a whole lot, uh, but it was so giant size X-Men, uh, Jean Grey and Emma Frost or Emma Frost and Jean Grey. I don't remember who came first. My phone died. Yay. <laughs> Um, I think Jean's first. Yeah, I think Jean's first. Um, so 
Marvel's going to be doing some giant size X-Men. The next one is Nightcrawler. The following one is Magneto. Um, cool. And it's just going to focus, like, they're not even that giant size. They're, like, slightly bigger issues that stand outside of the regular X-Men continuity that lets Jonathan Hickman develop little story points. Um, and this one develops, like, a little story point about Storm. Um, basically, some Krakoa kids, um, the... Krakoan Kids Coalition, the KK. No way. C. Uh, oh. No, I'm just kidding. That's not in the book. That's that's just me being stupid. I want that um, in the book, though. That's hilarious. <laughs> the Krakoan Kids Coalition. I would be like, Hickman has no Fs left to give. Yeah, right. Man. Well, and you do it because like, it's like Mortal Kombat, how everything <laughs> that should have a C has a K. Yeah. So now that they're on Krakoa, I feel like everything that has a C you should have a K. Oh my god, they totally would. X-Men would be so much yeah, like Mortal they'd Kombat. Be like, Welcome to the cafeteria, but with it would be K. spelled with a K and like let's go back to the kitchen. Uh well, anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't have any jokes. <laughs> I know, right? I just gotta I gotta pump the primer button. <laughs> um the, <laughs> so this one was really cool. These kids find Storm, like, passed out, like, bleeding from her nose. Oh, God. And they, from that point on in the book, up until, like, the last page of the book, there's no dialogue. Oh. What? It's a completely art-driven story. Well, that's kind of cool. And it's, the whole premise is that they're doing, like, a psychic recovery. Emma and Jean are doing, like, a psychic recovery. Um... And so there's a Krakoan thing, and if you have the Krakoan alphabet saved in your favorites, like I do, um, then you would know Nerd. it says silence, uh, psychic something in process. Huh. Or in progress. Um, I forget what the psychic something, psychic recovery or something. Um, and so it's, you know, I think it's Wolverine and Emma hanging out. And then Jean and Scott come in, and Scott looks on with a smile as Jean gives Wolverine a smooch on the cheek. And Wolverine, like, pats her on the butt and then, like, rubs Scott's thigh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he, he had to stop once my face started to mutate into, what? Who, who knows, man? Anyway, <laughs> so we get another little tidbit of Jonathan Hickman being like, what's happening here? Um... Which, God, just come out and say it. Um, <laughs> and then Jean and Emma go into Storm's brain. Um, and don't... There's no dialogue when they're in there. Um, with the exception of they do, like... They'll, like, occasionally spell out words with, like, telekinesis. Like, they'll, like, pick up some dust and be like, Machine? Question mark? Or huh. something like that. Um, and... <laughs> It's great, it, and it's That's really so well done, cool. and it, it's super cool that they got they got Russell Datterman to do the art. Oh, um, Datterman's And awesome. I honestly cannot think of a better artist to do an art-driven, because, like, you couldn't have somebody – I won't call out anybody. <laughs> you couldn't – I was about to be like, you couldn't have somebody like – and then just like gear up my freaking heavy machine gun. <laughs> Record fire scratch. Some, fire some shots. Um you know, you, you need somebody who's able to do, like, a wide range of expressions, give people different faces. So, like, 
even though they're both like hot superhero females, they have different facial structures. You know what I mean? And Russell Downerman can do that. I have some artist names now. Yeah. Thinking, thinking um, people who make the same face. I got a couple of those on uh, on my list now. On, on deck. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, so you, you need somebody who can do that expressiveness. And I think Russell Downerman is the best choice for this. And it's, it's you get it. You just follow it. You get it. You, like, I mean, even to the extent where, like, Emma Frost's, like, sarcastic, dry wit comes through in just her, like, facial features. That's so cool. You know what I mean? That's and so cool. It's this epic, like, trippy mindscape of, you know, it starts out looking like the Serengeti, and there's, like, a tree with Storm's, like, crown above it and stuff, huh. and then there's, like, animals that, like, morph into other animals. And That is so cool. Uh, we find out something. Now, it, my, my qualm with this book, and the reason it only just barely made it to Chris just sits out this episode. <laughs> you know what I mean? The only like the thing that kept it from just being like, obviously I'm going to talk about this um, is that it, it didn't really it, like, I don't know if it needed to exist. Oh, I hate those. You know what I mean? Like it, it literally develops a plot point just for the sake of like, having that plot point in action and i don't know if it's a plot point that's gonna like carry over into the other giant sized and like right. they're gonna have their own narrative based around whatever it was that happened to storm or if it's then gonna translate over into the x-men books but if it does the latter then it kind of just feels like hey i want to be able to introduce this narrative hook without doing it in my normal book give me another book you know what I yeah. mean? And it just feels like... Hey, pay for this thing. Yeah, it's like, hey, buy the... It's... it's, Yeah, it's it's like when you play a video game that's like a sequel. Like, you know, oh, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to play the third entry of this video game trilogy. And a character comes, like, walking out and starts talking to your main character. And they both act like they know each other and have, like, this huge history, but you've never seen them. And then you look it up and you're like, oh, it happened in the Dark Horse comics. Or something like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Or, oh, this was a part of the mobile game. Yeah, like something like that. It's like, it's fine to have, and it, even that's a little bit of like a more acceptable way. You know, this would literally be like if there was a new character that came out and started just like hitting up everybody. Or like say, okay, say like between Borderlands 2 and Borderlands 3, Brick and Mordecai decided to get married. But that happened in a tweet from Randy Pitchford. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd be mad I didn't get to see somebody in Wedding Gross. Yeah, right? Like, Rude. we'd be cheapened from the story development of, like, what's happening, like, getting to that point. And I also, I don't know if I'm behind, I think I'm behind on an X-Men issue, so maybe what happened to Storm. It was already brought up. I probably, honestly, before sitting down to record, and now I'm kind of kicking myself <laughs> now that i'm realizing this maybe it happened in the x-men book i don't know so i'll have to go back and read it well but then but even to that point that if it's already happened and it was already talked about in the x-men book then this book really didn't need to happen i because... mean i'm talking about like her like going into a coma or whatever yeah because like this book opens with her being found in a coma and as far as i know i read the most recent marauders which is storm's like big book because she's a part of that team yeah so like I don't remember her being in a coma. A coma. Weird. So, um, 
so I don't know. It, it was very good, though. It was super cool, and I anything Russell Downerman touches, I'm going to just fawn over because <laughs> he's one of the best artists that Marvel has right now. And they've locked him down, and that's smart, but they need to just use him more. Well, And, and honestly, he... I want them to use him less so that he can break contract and go do creator-owned stuff because the dude's art is amazing, and he I'd like to really see what good. he could do. With a little bit less editorial guidelines. Yeah, true. Uh, but I, I think, you know, give it a few years and we're going to see Russell Downerman as one of the, like, all-time great, like, renowned, like, Jim Lee, Adam Hughes. Uh, J. Scott Campbell-y. Well, I, I don't want to say J. Scott Campbell because J. Scott Campbell's his own thing but <laughs> my brain's also misfiring so i'm running out of artists okay. no like the but kuberts and the romitas like those kind of yeah. like big like pantheon those artists. big names no yeah. and that's fair even the you know jack kirby's and things like that shout out so. to Downerman's depiction of logan as a wee little fella yeah <laughs> yeah yeah he uh they are not shying away from the like logan is tiny kind of stuff wolverine be small he very small and i think that's hilarious and i think it's hilarious that it shows the discrepancy between him and gene because gene's like a good two feet over him the same way the black cat was i just love that at some point they like brought him back to life and everyone in like all of the artists like the artist union of marvel came together and had a meeting and they were like hey so they're gonna make us draw wolverine again so uh He's short. Lean into it. Lean hard. Make him like two feet tall. That's going to be the new shtick. That's the thing. That's what we're doing now. And I love it. So to give you a little peek at where my brain is at today, the condition of my brain, the reason I froze there is I was trying to think of Jim Steranko, and I kept thinking of George Carlin. (laughs) And like, you know how sometimes you'll, you'll go to, you'll reach into the pit of your brain for a name. And you'll pull out a name, and it's very much the wrong name, and you know it's the wrong name. Yes. But so you send your little brain hand back in the pit, but it never lets go of that name, and so it just keeps coming back with that name. That same and name, like, and you're like, "That's not the name." You're that like, I need. "No, that's not the name." It's like the whole like in uh, the mask when he's trying to get uh, the dog to get the keys, and it just keeps like bringing up like cheese and like wrong stuff just the wrong thing yeah, yeah, yeah. over and over again no, not the cheese the keys yeah it's it, that's what happened <laughs> i did i, so I paused I and just kind of stared off into space while my brain kept being like this one and i'm like no not that one try again and it's like but what about this one i'm like that's still george carlin you just turned it upside down <laughs> i i did that like last week i was trying to think of anita baker when I was talking about something and I just continuously kept saying Annette Benning. <laughs> and I could not I'm like, okay, oh, no. those are very different people in very different industries. And I just couldn't it was not it was not gonna happen. It was just Annette Benning all the way. I mean I love Annette Benning and I love Anita Baker. Very I admittedly had that happen once I was discussing it was in college. I was discussing an author and I don't remember the author and I don't remember the other person. But I kept dancing around the author's name because the only name that kept coming to my head was a renowned porn star with a similar name. (laughs) And so I couldn't – 
I couldn't make like a comment about how I keep thinking of that name because then everyone in class would be like, why is that name on your brain, Chris? And especially in some of our classes in college yeah. where we had a bunch of prude lit But kids. I'm having this like passionate oh, literary discussion. So every time the author comes around, I that name comes flying to the mouth and I'm like, nope, gulp. And just, like, dance around being like, this person and they, I think the author, you know what I mean? Oh, my God, that's amazing. And yeah, it was rough. Oh, that's rough. so funny. And I'm, like, just sweating bullets. <laughs> just, like, don't say it. <laughs> so. Oh, that's so good. Yep. It also is indicative of the fact that you never brought your book to class because you sometimes read things. Yep. <laughs> But now I run a comic book podcast. <laughs> so who's laughing now? At least you read this stuff. <laughs> I mean, not this week. <laughs> I just, on record, admitted that I didn't read the X-Men book after reading Giant Size X-Men and being like, I wonder when Storm goes into a coma. How did that I happen? didn't have the gumption to go, maybe I should read this X-Men book before I talk about it. I think it's perfect. I'm going to have to have an addendum to this episode and be like, so I read it. <laughs> it's going to it's gonna be on the blog post. <laughs> we'll just put a little, it'll be an asterisk and a little, little bit of text. Anyway, it's time to go back to the Tea Talks About Comics show. <laughs> yeah. So back, back in the comic world. Um, this was a weird one. Conspiracy Area 51, number one. I... I had no idea what I would, what, what I, ex okay. <laughs> Let's take a deep breath. <laughs> it, this book, let me just lay it out. Mm -hmm. You start this book at the area 51, everybody there going to take over the like flash mob that was the supposed Naruto to happen. Runners. Yes. Yep. That was supposed to happen in September of last year. That's where it starts. Obviously, everybody shows up. Everybody's there in costume. There's pictures of, like, half-naked girls and things happening. It's it's funny, haha, what is happening. They begin the Naruto running. Two people do it. Everybody else leaves. Everybody goes. There's, like, a party down the road at, like, a diner. It's a joke. <laughs> it's funny. Right? Yeah. But then three people decide, screw that, man. We're actually going to go inside. So they, like end up doing this whole elaborate plot to actually get inside area 51 they're morons about the whole thing like if you're gonna go into a super secret military base you would assume there would be cameras mm -hmm. if you have logic yeah not these folks oh boy yeah not even no shots Too firing thick. Their synapses are firing less than yours are today. Oh, cool. Um, Gruel. Yeah. Gruel indeed. Uh, and then the end of the book goes sideways, leftways, upways, and now it's an entirely different plot, and I think there's a new lead character, and I think a bunch of people just died, and now there might be clones. Um. Yeah. Cool. This book Good. is bananas. I I don't like 
I've heard that about the conspiracy <laughs> books, though. Like the, it's weird. They they had this one. They had I think the first one was the Illuminati, and I think the there was another one, but I don't remember what it was. I think I, my biggest confusion is just like what is what is the plot? Yes. Right? Like, that's that's where I'm at. Because, I it, and I'm interested, I'm intrigued, but, like, they developed a whole plot and then ended it before the end of the last page and then introduced an entirely new plot in one page with a new lead character and a new fully fleshed out plot point. And I'm like, what? Hmm. What? What? What are we doing here? What? What? I don't, what? What? I, I can't. What? I can't. Eper Timper Doc. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. Kashmirga. This book is I, I don't I don't know. Like it's interesting. It's a fun read. The beginning is really silly. Them getting into Area 51 is really neat. Them looking at stuff is cool. They're stupid, so you don't, like, like them very much. And since you don't really like them very much, it's kind of fun to think that maybe they're going to get probed now. That's kind of fun. I don't know. It's weird. Hmm. It, But I kind of recommend it just because of how weird it is. Like, it's a palate cleanser. It's not a particularly dense book. It's not particularly thick. There's not a whole lot of dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a lot of art. And that's kind of, I don't know. It's kind of like how sometimes you just got to click on the, like, random horror movies on Netflix and just enjoy, like, a shitty, like, poorly shot, poorly directed, but, like, it has its humorous moments and entertaining moments horror yes. movie. Yes, yes. You know I mean? it's, it's like clicking on a listicle from BuzzFeed that you don't actually care about, mm-hmm. but there might be a couple interesting gifs. That you might be able to save for later. Sometimes I click on listicles that are about the grievances from people in industries that I have no, like, knowledge of. Just to know that everyone in the world is suffering. (laughs) You are a nihilist piece of shit. (laughs) I'll be like, 15 tweets that absolutely summarize what it's like to be an electrical engineer. Let's do it. (laughs) you just you have to know everyone's in the same miserable bucket yeah i gotta know that everyone has i can't you know if you tell me one day that like hey did you know the people that are i don't know in the trying to think of a random industry in the bottled water industry are the only people in the world that have zero grievances with their job, I'm going to be pissed. How do I get in the bottled water industry? <laughs> did I, What turn did I make in my life that took me away from the paradiso of bottled water? <laughs> if Nirvana is only a Dasani resume away... How do I get there? So I like to know if I mean right now if there's a BuzzFeed article that's like 
15 YouTube videos that summarize how shitty it is to be a bottled water employee. I'm clicking on that shit <laughs> to know. Otherwise, we're moving to Zephyr Hills. Yeah. I mean, I already get pissed every time I see a Honey Bunches of Oats commercial. Those people look like they have fun. <laughs> and don't get me started on Maker's Mark. Dipping them bottles. Smiling away. Dipping and swirl. Pfft. Bitches. <laughs> this is not what you expected from your comic podcast today, is it? I bet it's, it's not. When I roll up and I have nothing to say, it's just like my lit classes. I just have to, I just have to make shit up. I didn't do the reading, so now I get to distract the class for 30 minutes. That's so true. <laughs> All right, anyway, you got one more. I do have one more. Okay, so the last one is Finger Guns, number one. <laughs> written by Justin Richards. <laughs> art by Val Halverson. Val Halverson? Halverson. Oh. Halverson. Halverson. I can say things. I do words good. Um, this is... Val Halverson sounds like if Odin needed like a quick alter ego. He was, like, trying to go undercover on Earth. And somebody was like, are you Odin? He'd be like, oh, no, my name is um Val Halverson. Insurance agent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, completely. 100%. That's, I want to see him and Thori the dog go undercover as, like, I don't know. The like big office water bottle replacement people. Don't don't talk about water bottles. <laughs> it's too fresh. But they'll be so happy. <laughs> Good for you, Odin. He deserves that. So listen, Val Halverson, I'm not making fun of your name. I like your name. It's a cool name. And if you're Odin, it's you've cool. gotta tell us. Yeah, you just let us know. Just let us know. Let us know. So Finger Guns was, I keep feeling like I'm saying the same thing over and over again, but it's true. Not what I expected. Um, Maybe you should just stop expecting me. I know, right? I feel like I go into comics with a disadvantage because I was a lit major. And I go in being like, oh, I know exactly what's going to happen in this book. And then it'll be different. And I'm like, what? I was, I was wrong. But I'm, I'm literary. me? I'm aware of literary expectations. (laughs) Excuse me. I'd, how dare thee. How dare you. I don't. I am vexed for sooth. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, this one, it was pretty good. It was interesting. Um, very art heavy. And I think the reason why I wanted to talk about this one today is because it's an interesting start to a story by jumping 100% in media res and not explaining Jack Diddley. Mm-hmm. Dude wakes up and realizes that if he puts two fingers together and a finger gun and goes pew pew at someone, they suddenly turn into rage monsters. Like, screaming, flipping tables, losing their ever-loving mind. And he meets a girl who shoots with one finger. Pew, pew. 
and calms everybody down. Oh. And they find out about their powers roughly around the same time. We have no idea where the powers came from, why they can do it, how they can do it. If it does anything different, mm-hmm. they did it one against the other, but it didn't really like seem different. It seemed like the same. It's, hmm. I don't know. It was just really interesting to just like, oh, you know all that lore and, and shit that people care about? We're not getting into that. We're just, here's two people. Two 13-year-olds living their life. They got this stuff. Now let's see how they deal with it. And that's it. I dig that, though. Yeah, I dig when it's just like, hey, here's what's happening. It's like the movie Chronicle. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't like you didn't have a moment where, like, Michael B. Jordan goes to the library and starts, like, sifting through microfiche about similar incidences. It's just like, it happened. here it is. You know, and we've had that talk a lot about, like, horror movies, how they need to just opt for that. Like, just let stuff this happen. is happening. You don't need the full background of the supernatural killing machine. Just, like, here it is. Let's ride. Yeah. You know? And that's exactly how this is. This just felt very much to the extreme. Because it was literally, like, there is no context. He just pew, and it's now a thing. And she pews, and that's a thing. Huh. And now they know each other. And, like, it's interesting, too, because it's very much going to be, like, a human, like, observatory-type piece. Like a condition. Yeah. Because, like, she's dealing with home stuff, and he's dealing with home stuff, but, like, very different home stuff. So it's obviously more... It's cool, because it's going to be more about them and dealing with... I wouldn't say normal, but, like, realistic life and the finger gun stuff is just sort of there Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily change anything she even makes the comment he's like wow it's so cool that we could do this and she's like why it doesn't change anything Mm -hmm. people go back to the way they were before like it's not it's not permanent it's not going to change the world yeah it's just a thing that we can do that happens that doesn't particularly matter and I think that's really cool. It, like, sets up this whole super powery, weird, magical thing. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really matter. And that's kind of interesting. It's kind of neat. It's a good way to look at something. Yeah, it's kind of low, low risk. Yeah. Kind of storytelling. It's just yeah. cool. I don't know. You don't and have it's... a lot of, like, collateral damage in your... But you do have the potential, <laughs> like, as they figure out their powers and stuff. Like, new stuff can come to the right. forefront. But it's not necessarily, like, a guaranteed, like... This is going to be chaos and no. big, like, cataclysmic story. You know what I mean? And not like the dude who effed up time. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, oh, hey, there's these kids, and they do finger guns. And that's it. I don't know. It was, It's cool. I really enjoyed it. I also like that it was more art-heavy than, like, dialogue-heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit slow, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes until them kind of canoodling based on their new found similarities and um <laughs> hobbies you could say mm-hmm. um where they found canoodling at shane omen's halloween party you know it um but it takes to getting to that point up until that point it's kind of like okay well cool i don't need there's a kid and his dad's being kind of a distant jerk cool that's okay let's moving forward moving forward mm. um but it 
know. I thought it was really interesting. I liked the art. I liked the, you know, the way that the primary concept of the book is not the primary concept of the book. I think that's neat. So go pick it up. Finger guns, number one. Do it. Go do it. I'm telling you to go do it. <laughs> do it now. Do ah! it. <laughs> um, cool. So that wraps us up. Yes. Man. I, it's amazing I was able to fit all those books into one episode. I know. I'm really impressed. You, like, really pumped it yeah, in there. I went full, like, auctioneer. Like, you, you, the amount you're carrying of books right now, you look like one of the Doom guys with all the guns. <laughs> you're, yeah. like, overstrapped. I got a and I got a shotgun, and yeah. I got a rocket launcher. You're, you're overstrapped, dude. So anyway, you need I to calm started down. blasting. Um, <laughs> that's going to do it for us. Yes. Uh, if you want more episodes of Cover B, and there's absolutely no reason you wouldn't, you can check us out <laughs> online at CoverBPodcast.com. Yes. And see all our previous episodes, all archived and neatly packaged with little tags on them that say for you with love. I do it every week. It's time consuming. You better appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see more from us and see kind of what we're up to, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. That's right. At CoverBPodcast.com. Or CoverBPodcast. No.com on that one. You're that's messing people up, man. That's how social media works. <laughs> you can also find <laughs> T and I on our personal Instagrams. T does cosplay and shit. And I, I do, do random stuff. Mostly cats and food. I do more than cats and food. Though I did stop posting for a while because the cats weren't doing anything fun. <laughs> As I said, mostly cats and food. So we will catch you folks next time. I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Yes. Um, and we will see you right back here for even more Cover B. That's right. Bye, guys.